Hi, I'm Daniel, and before the episode starts, I want to briefly talk to you about the Garden Outreach Project, a WCF program focused on putting faith into action. Our mission is to inspire and support Christadelphians in North America to share Christ's love through outreach initiatives. This is done by facilitating national and local outreach activities, supplying resources, and providing funds to help brothers and sisters serve those in need. For example, in 2020, over 40 ecclesial groups participated in our Bags of Love initiative, which saw over 800 sleeping bags distributed to shelters and those without a home. If you, your ecclesia, or CYC want to learn more and get involved with our latest initiative, please visit our website at www.thegardenoutreach.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Garden Outreach for the latest news and encouragement. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to <laughs> okay. A Little Faith. I'm here with Liesl. How are you doing, Liesl? I'm very well, thanks. <laughs> I'm thankful to have this time to catch up with you. You and your family live in South Africa. Could you pronounce your last name for me? I'm not going to try. Yeah, so it's Phil Yun. I guess because people can't see it, it's spelled V-I-L-J-O-E-N. So it sounds like that you're saying full Yun. Yeah. I'm excited to, to talk to you and hear about the work you and your family is doing in South Africa. And our goal is for people who don't know what's happening in South Africa, that they can hear about what's going on. I'd love to hear more about you guys, what you're doing, the work that's happening in South Africa. Our goal is that so people will know when they donate money to us and, and we send it to South Africa, like what's happening? What does that allow you guys to do? And, and so that's what we want to discuss. So yeah, tell us more about you and your family. Okay, so I'm married to Henry and we have two daughters. Both of them are under two and a half years of age. Life is quite busy at the moment. We both like really love doing sports, um, being outdoors, and family is a big priority for us. And then also just helping people. Like we just always try and better somebody's life wherever we go. And the outreach work, I've been involved with that for over 10 years. So did it as a single person, did it as a married couple, and now do, continue doing it as a married couple with children. And it's just great that you can adapt your life to continue doing the work no matter what stage of life you're in. Yeah. What does the work mean? What's a what's an example of what you guys are doing? <laughs> so that is so difficult to pinpoint to one thing because we mainly um, always just look in the community where there's a need and how we can help people in the community uplift them or um, teach them different skills. So there's always different things. But some of the main things that we're involved with right now is with it having been locked down, we've done a lot of things online. So we do like vision vision board sessions. We do ladies Bible studies every week. Um, I run a ladies Bible study group on Zoom as well. We do ladies of the Lord days. I started a little anchor app where we read Bible stories to children. So it's Bible stories um, and songs for children. So even though my skills aren't that great, like we try our best to entertain the little ones because we know they're going to be going to watch something or listen to something. So we want to have something there for them that's positive. 
And then we do a preschool teachers course where we teach ladies how to open their own preschools, how to educate children with food parcels, distribution. <laughs> so I always tell people to go and have a look at our Facebook page. That's like the best way that you'll be able to see what all it is that we do. But what's nice what's with the, lockdown, kind of, yeah, with lockdown, the, the Facebook page is called the Cuddle Trust. That's where all the outreach work photos and things go. And then we've just revamped our page on Facebook for Ignite and Shine, which is more showing all the preaching and the mission work that we do as well. What is the, the Cuddle Trust? So the Cuddle Trust is a nonprofit organization and we focus, like we've got four main flagship like projects that we do and then everything else spreads from that. So um, the main thing is the preschool teachers course that I mentioned where we really just educate ladies on how to run their own preschool. We also upgrade preschools when we do get funding. We'll go and repaint the whole preschool and put up shelves, put up charts, just really enable people to continue on with the work that we helping them with in the beginning. So a lot of the projects that we run, we try and equip people to continue on, even though we might not be there. Then we also have a Days for Girls is another big project that we have where it's washable and reusable sanitary wear. That's been really big at the moment. We also have the Kinos kids, which is kids in need of support. And those are children who are in school still at the moment and need help with like homework, maths, English is usually the big subjects. And then we're also just really a distribution channel for any donations that we get. And we've found it really amazing how God usually provides exactly um, what we need at a specific time. Someone will donate things to us. And then two days later, someone comes and asks, oh, you don't maybe have this or this. And we're like, yeah, we actually got some two days ago. So it's really been great. And now with lockdown actually easing up and we can go out again, obviously wearing our masks and doing social distancing. But a lot of places where we've been donating food parcels to, we've now been able to go to those places, which is amazing because it's just great to go and see the people and meet the people that you are helping. And then you can also kind of gauge whether what you're doing is helping or whether you could change your strategy a little bit to help them in a better way. So it's literally actually been in the last two weeks. We went to visit three different places um, here in Cape Town just to get a feel and not lose that personal connection with the people that we're helping. Yeah. All the, donations that you're getting the, the you know the idea is that builds a relationship and a connection hmm. yeah we found building relationships with people is really key because there's that saying about people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and it's really difficult i mean we were just talking about it the other day if you just want to go preach 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 to people but they're starving and they haven't had food and all they're thinking about is how can i get my next meal they don't really care <laughs> that you want to tell them about great hope. So that's where it comes in building a relationship with them first, showing them that you do care and trying to help that specific need first. And then from there, go and share on with them your faith and belief that you have and try to show them there's actually something even greater that we are waiting for than what this world offers. Yeah, no, we love that. That's been the model in South Africa for 10 years. The idea that we have to care first and teach after and 
Yeah, I guess talk about that. The mission work's been going on for a while there in South Africa, right? Yes, yeah. I think it started way back in um, like 2005. There was already talk about doing the outreach work and there was the big Amanzi gathering. I might have my dates wrong, but I think it's 2008. You guys were some of the people that came out and that was amazing. Like South Africa, our communities or our churches are really small. So that was like a massive boost in just, especially me being a young person in that stage. Like I think we were four people in our whole youth group of South Africa in my age. So it was difficult to kind of think, why would you want to continue in this kind of lifestyle if there's no people your age there? But then Amanzi happened and it was just like a boost of energy and seeing that there's a lot of people around the world. And that gave us a lot of energy to start this work. And there's been like volunteers coming through. I mean, there were loads in the beginning and then it started becoming more drips and drabs. But anybody yeah. who came over was like a massive big, made a massive big difference in at least somebody's life. We've got so many stories of people that we can remember who came out maybe for two weeks, three weeks. Some people came for months. And the people in the community definitely remember them and made a big impact on the people that we worked with. No matter if it was a big project or a small one, they definitely remember the people that came out to help them. Yeah, Jessica and I came to that Amadzi gathering in 2008, and I was I stayed for six weeks after in South Africa. So I, I still remember, obviously, so much of that. So I guess I know some of the answer to the question, but what, what kind of work would a volunteer do if they came now? So we generally look at the strengths of the person coming. It doesn't help put out a project and say, okay, everybody's going to go paint a preschool, but the person coming out is not creative at all, or they don't want to paint a preschool. And um, we've had some people come out and just do English les lessons with the children. A lot of the kids that we deal with, they go to schools where a lot of months of, out of the year, they don't have a teacher. There's just no teacher. So they have to educate themselves. So. I would say what we usually do is we look at the strengths of the people coming and then we work out a program. If it's people who want to work with children, we have the stack group, we have the Kinos kids. We go to preschool sometimes and do Bible studies. Well, not Bible studies, but like Bible lessons with the children. And while, because there's a lot of people that actually just come out and they would love to work with disabled children and they'll just go and spend the day being with those children because a lot of people don't actually they feel very uncomfortable spending time with people who are um, disabled so really we're looking at anybody um, if you're a nurse you can come and help do practical life skills with people teaching them about first aid you know, we literally just use your skills and then plug it in wherever we are and that kind of also touches on <laughs> why it's important to have a local person like for example with myself and my mom being involved for over 10 years it's been really great to create sustainability and longevity in some projects but what's also great is let's say someone does come out a volunteer does come out we already have a lot of places that you can slot into and be very productive instead of coming out and then let's say you have a, a three month you out for three months and it takes you like two months to get into the community to find somewhere to work and then you have one month left to try and make a difference which is very difficult so you know just slotting them into programs that is continuously running but when they do come it makes a massive big difference because it's a new face <laughs> it's not us all the same thing over and over again 
And also they bring a new perspective into it because we've been involved with it for so long. Sometimes you get, I wouldn't want to say slack, but you get into a rhythm of ways that you do things and maybe you could just do it a little bit better, but you've gotten used to just doing it in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I really agree with what you said in my limited experience, but like having, well, Jessica and I also went to India and India is a similar model in that there, there are brothers and sisters there who work full time on the mission work. And then when volunteers come, it's much better than essentially the volunteers work for the people who are there full time because those people can direct what will be more useful. And it's not like the volunteer shows up and says, well, I've got six months to, you know, let's see how many people I can get baptized or whatever. Yeah. Because we're doing it every day, although also it depends how many people you have working uh, locally. But for example, with myself and my mom, when it was just the two of us, like, it's not possible to run a youth camp with two people. And right. it's not so when you get those volunteers, now you can go do youth weeks and you right. can have holiday clubs and you can just do so much more when you've got more manpower. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also something that no matter whether it's one, I know there was this lady that came out and she thought she was too old, but she literally, the children loved her to bits and she was just teaching them English by using biblical material. And she would also just listen. So many of these children just actually need someone to sit down and listen to them because they have nowhere to go to, to talk right. to somebody. So I, I just feel that nobody must feel that they can't do anything because anybody can sit down and listen to somebody speaking. So anybody can be valuable and anybody can help in any way. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely that's something that we're interested in doing is helping people come visit and work and help in South Africa. I want to talk more about, I think it's really interesting to imagine being in your position and you've worked in out in outreach for kind of 10 years. Do you, are you ever tempted or, or, or not tempted, but are you ever thinking, oh, maybe I should go get a normal job or something to advance my family? Like that kind of thing would enter my head. I think it's because I've had an example of my parents do the same work. And I know my, I think my dad was one of the first people to go into full-time mission work here in South Africa from like 2005-ish. Um, he left the corporate world and he started doing this outreach. And then my mom came along, but she had a full-time job as well. And she would try to help him on the weekends and in the evenings. And like we could see how it's, in the beginning, it's a little difficult because it's very different. Everybody else is, like you say, following a career path and advancing <laughs> and you are doing outreach work. And, but I, I was in like a normal job I think for four months before Amanzi came around. And when I heard they were looking for people to do full-time outreach, I like, sign me up. I'd love to do that. It's really a very nice balance between being able to, like now we have a family, but I can still do the projects even though I've got my kids. And it's amazing to see how your example just flows down into your children as well. I mean, Ruby's only two and a half, but she will go up to any stranger. We were walking on the beach today and there's this random person walking by and she's like, hello, like waving at this person. I'm like, you're so friendly. <laughs> but um, So it just, to me, it's a way of life. And we really trust God that he's showing us the direction of what to do. And I was literally two days ago, just telling Lilandi that my sister, I already feel like I'm part of this world or I'm in this world, but I'm not, what's that saying? Like you're in it, but not of it. Yeah. Yes. You're in it, but not of it. Like I just don't have this feeling of needing a fancy car or a home or the security of that. Like 
maybe it's also because I've been working in this space for 10 years. You just really get, you're so in tune with what God wants you to do and following his direction of where he wants you to go that sometimes you get this, I wouldn't say fear, but sometimes you feel, okay, but a worry maybe, especially when kids come along, you're like, okay, but what are they going to do one day? Or how am I going to, if you just year to year sponsored, but I truly believe God is going, like if you're doing something good and it's something like I'm working in his vineyard already, I don't see why he would um, just abandon me (laughs) for no reason. So I would much rather put my trust in him than in a corporate career or in man who's going to say, oh, here's a salary every month, because that could disappear as well. It's not um, to say I'll, I'll have a job forever if I'm working somewhere else. So now I, I just love- get to love doing. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I really like that. I really like that answer. I was actually just talking about that with someone yesterday. Like it's so often what prevents us from breaking the, the cycle of pursuing more money and retirement and all that. And you, your answer, what you just said is like, why do you trust that job more than God in a way to take care of you, especially in the end? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's also so freeing if you put your trust in God and you say, okay, I'm following where he, like he wants me to go. Then I would really trust where I am and that in the specific time, that's where he wants me to be. So I look around me and say, okay, how can I best do what God wants me to do here where I am? So I do have quite a sense of peace, which maybe sometimes freaks out people around me because the world's in turmoil and it's COVID and it's lockdown. And I was just thinking, okay, how can I, like we started the ladies Bible study group and we started the podcast. I mean, I would sit midnight because that's the only time both girls were asleep that I could record a song (laughs) and not have cars driving by making a noise. And so you're just so focused on doing God's work and doing something to help other people and uplift other people that you don't have that time to really worry about what the future is going to bring or where you're going to be. Obviously you look ahead and you plan, but it's all up to God whether that plan comes to fruition or not. What challenges do you have in your faith in this work? So even though you've been doing this full time for 10 years, what are some things that that kind of challenge you? It's a really good question. (laughs) I don't think my faith is really challenged too much. I don't want to sound like someone who's, oh, I'm so faithful, like I never doubt or I never anything, but I've become really specific in plugging myself into positive people and listening to positive podcasts. I mean, when the Good Christadelphian Bible Talks came out, that podcast, like I immediately subscribed and like I try to listen to as many as I can and I share those with other people as well because I know that even if I'm working and full-time doing mission work and always also like doing some Bible studies, I sometimes am anxious or I sometimes still wonder. I get very specific about just plugging myself into positive people, positive podcasts, sticking around people who are not negative and not drawing me down. So, I mean, again, weekly ladies Bible study, that to me is, it just pours into my cup and makes me stronger again for the rest of the week until you get to Sunday and then you get to the next Bible study or the next Bible study class. What has affected me though is you do get to deal on a daily basis with people in need, people who are really hungry, people who are suffering. Lately, what really affects me, and maybe it's because I've got kids of my own, 
is we've um, been involved in two different places, which is home of safeties where babies just get abandoned or babies get abused. And like that to me, like is really difficult. So it's not really my faith that gets tested or weakened through that. It's just emotionally, it can be very draining, but that just makes me more excited about sharing the good news with people and just knowing that we need Christ to return because we can't help everybody like you do as much as you can but ultimately we have to have Christ return that all of this can just end um so I think it's just you need to stay strong in your faith I mean I have bible verses that we've now stuck up everywhere in the house just so that when you think there's a thought coming in your mind to worry or something, you like read a Bible verse <laughs> and you share a Bible verse. So that's where the Ignite and Shine page really comes in handy as well, because I specifically want to share Bible verses on there, or I want to share how we've shared the good news with someone or did a Bible study. And by doing that, you're focusing on the good instead of, of the bad of the work and I think slowly but surely small steps will make a big change. Yeah. No, I, I hear that. I appreciate that. That's so interesting how much our mindset can affect it. And you may not talk about how your beliefs change or your faith doesn't change per se, but your attitude towards that can definitely vary significantly. Yeah. Again, Elisa, you've been doing this for 10 years, which is really amazing. I'm sure this is a very hard question. Do you have a specific story you could share that's just clearly showing God working in, in the people around you and in the work that you're doing? Yeah, yeah like you said, there's so many um, stories, especially with so many years. But one that's specifically just, if I could say fresh at the moment, there's a lady who attends a Congolese meeting that my parents are very involved with. So they will go and do exhorts and actually now that I think of that there used to be when volunteers came out you could be on the wall of honor or I can't remember what the exact name was but it's when a brother would do three exhortations on one Sunday because you would attend three different churches in one day and give these give these exhortations but the one of the churches that you would go to would be the Congolese uh, meeting and there's a lot of Congolese refugees that attend there. But there was this one sister that would attend. Her name is Vuyo. And at first, she just attended the meeting. It didn't seem any different or whatever. But she was a regular attendee. And then obviously, you get noticed when you're there every single Sunday. But what happened to her is her husband, he got um, sent to Canada by the UN. And this left her and three. she was pregnant at the time and three children left them alone in South Africa because the UN didn't recognize her and her husband's marriage as a legal marriage. Yeah. So anyway, he's off to Canada and she's stuck here. So they used to live in a flat, but in a bedroom of a flat. So there's about four to five families living in one flat and you would have a room and that room would be your bedroom, your bathroom, your kitchen and where you sleep. And she obviously had to work. So she was a nurse at night and she would literally lock her children up in this room for safety, keeping them safe. She would go work. She would come back the morning. She'll go to sleep, lock herself and the two young, uh, the youngest girl at that stage in the room while the older two would go to school and then they would come back and this would just be a cycle continuing. And they wouldn't, it's not really a safe area they were living but in this time period, she um, thought, how can she generate extra money or money in a different way that she can be there for her children? 
And she then attended our Cuddle Trust preschool teachers course and completed that thinking, okay, maybe she can open a child mining center. So she would be educating her children and some other children at the same time. And as she finished this course, the, the Cuddle Trust in that time period was able to get a community center. And on that community center property, there was this small flatlet. And we were like, okay, we need somebody who can be a caretaker. She's been showing a great interest. She's been coming to, she did all the Bible lessons. She came on the preschool teacher's course. So we offered her the opportunity that she and her daughters could move in there. At this time, she'd now already given birth to the fourth one. So it's her and wow. four girls. And she then said, yes, please, anything to obviously get out of that situation where they were. So she moved there. She's now still the caretaker there at the moment. But also when she attended the Congolese meeting, she would take Sunday school worksheets home to her children because she didn't have enough money to be able to pay the public transport to bring all her kids to church as well. So she would take the Sunday school lesson, take it home. They would do the Sunday school lesson. She would bring it back the next Sunday. So now with them living on the property, that property is where we have our Sunday morning memorial services as well. So the children there, it's safe now. She does a lot of work with the Cuddle Trust. She's one of our best volunteers. I literally do not know what I would do without her. Like you can call yeah. on her minute and she would help. But her children now attend Sunday school every Sunday. Her eldest daughter is like one of the leaders in the youth group there. We taught her how to use the computer because obviously things are online now. So she will open Zoom, she'll log on to Zoom, they can mute, unmute, put the video on, which is awesome because like they couldn't even use a computer uh, a couple months ago. So yeah, and literally this morning, she and Jack, her husband, he came back from Canada for five days. They had to get remarried here in the home affairs. We just got news today that now their marriage certificate is seen as a legal document. So now they can start reapplying for her and the four daughters to also go over to Canada. So oh, it's wow. just amazing like to see where they came from and now her children can just play out in a garden. Like they never had a garden that they could play in. Right. Like they just like forever grateful. But it just comes down again to people who they first themselves show initiative. It's so difficult when you're doing this work, everybody needs help and you don't know who to help. But when people, we've always gone that if you can show me you trying and you're already doing something, then I'm willing to meet you halfway while well, I'm willing to meet you where you're at and then help you further. And she's just such a great example about mm. that and never complaining, never complaining. Like I haven't heard her complain. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. So we're really excited to see where God's taking them as well. She's also a really good example of someone who just puts it in God's hands and for four years, they've been separated. And finally, now it looks like things are moving towards a position where he will actually be able to live with his, his family. Wow, so, amazing. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it is neat having all that perspective to see how well things have worked out over the years for her and for yeah. the Ecclesia. Yeah, it's just, it's it's great to just also see people who are faithful and just continue on and don't give up. Ultimately, I do believe there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and God's never just going to leave you somewhere. So if the position you're in at the moment is a terrible one, 
then it's definitely not the end. Like God will be there like to get you through to the next season of your life. It's really touching to be able to do this kind of work. And I definitely appreciate it a lot. And I feel very blessed that I've been put in a position to be able to help so many other people. But if anybody wants to ever do any outreach work or want to come, it, it can be difficult. Like you come out and you get, get to see firsthand what's happening and you can really right. make a difference. And it will really change your life just as much as it changes the pe people's lives that you come and help. And I know sometimes it's difficult when you get back home because you have that guilt trip of, now I'm living in a really nice house and I've got hot water and all of this and the other people are still stuck or still there's still people in need, but there'll always be people in need. Uh, but we find people who want to change, they will start changing and they can um, ultimately change and get to a better space. But yeah, in short, I just wanted to say that I do think it would be worth anybody's time to do some outreach and mission work. It's really amazing. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you for, for this time. And ho hopefully we've given people some things to think about as far as coming or, or donating. And most importantly, really, is, is praying for the continuing blessings on the work that's being done there. You have two Facebook pages. What are they? The Cuddle Trust and what else? So it's the Cuddle Trust. And then the second one is called Ignite and Shine. Okay. And it's based on igniting... I forgot the verse now, but igniting his name in all the earth and letting your light shine before right. other men so that they can also see the glory of God. So, Awesome. Thank you. And what's, what's the podcast you're making? I think it's called Kids Songs and Bible Stories, KSBS or something like that. But I'll, I'll double check the name now. Basically, my mom and dad do a lot of the story reading because they're used to reading stories to children and they can be dramatic and do all things. And I'm just not that great of a story reader. And then my dad and myself try and record like Sunday school songs. And it actually came about, somebody asked me for the song 66 Books in the Bible. They couldn't remember the tune to it. So I thought, oh, I'll record it and play it, send it to them. Anyways. Is it KBSS? Is it Kids Bible... Stories songs and songs. And stories. Yes, yeah. So the podcast is anchor.fm slash KBSS. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, just it's for children to sit and listen to Bible stories and then just listen to some Sunday school songs. And a lot of our churches who don't have Sunday school teachers, yeah. they actually use that as a way to teach. So they'll play the story and then have a song that the kids can sing along to and then continue the lesson from there. So it's something small we started, but we're just growing on it and it's um, not very like professionally recorded. I wanted to give it, I wanted to give it here for so people can use it as well. Okay. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks, Liesl. Thanks for so much time.